listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking with Jay Mays about Pitch Lab and how you can better own a room and increase your presentation skills. Jay, I want to thank you very much for taking your time to be on the show today. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate you having me. So before we get started, we like to ask random questions of our guests, uh, something that helps people make that human connection. So any hobbies that you have that people would be surprised to learn about or passions outside of work? Uh, well, um, that you can talk about. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. No, I work a ton. I have two young kids trying to, trying to keep all the balls in the air. But the one thing that I do that I, I, I'm not doing enough is uh, float tanks. Have you ever heard of isolation tanks? Have you heard about this? So like in the dark, like float in the dark with like sensory deprivation. Yes. Yes. Joe Rogan. He's got a, he's got a great podcast. I'm sure you've heard of as well. But, um, he talked a lot about it and really piqued my interest. So I started trying it. I do it about once a month, but yeah, it's like a, it's like a coffin that they fill up. (laughs) I'm I'm really not kidding. They fill up with about, about six inches of water and then they dump in about 800 pounds of Epsom salt. So you float on top. And then when you shut the lid, you lose pretty much all five of your senses. So it's so dark in there, you can't see. Your eyes open and your eyes shut. You're, you're perceiving the same thing. You can't hear anything. You can't, um, you can't feel anything because the water, you're floating, and it's the same temperature as your body. And then you can't taste anything, obviously. But when you take away those senses and you take away that noise, you lay there for a half hour, hour, um, it's, just, it's, it's very interesting where your mind takes you. So... That would be the the most interesting thing uh, that I got going on that I'd I'd love to be doing more of. <laughs> I have to I have to think if you locked me in there, it would be like maybe I'd have you know flashbacks all the acid from college, <laughs> right? Like I mean seriously, like your brain's got to go some pretty weird places. That's it. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. You 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 turn on yourself. You you think about all the visualization of the things you want to do, uh, and every time has been different. So you can't just go once. And expect that to be like your opinion. You got to give it like at least two or three times to really understand it. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I, I definitely recommend if, uh, if you want to go, just type in uh, float tank and then whatever city you're in and uh, lots of opportunities pop up. So That's, there you go. That is There's- the most fascinating. That is the most fascinating <laughs> answer to that question I have had. I, that is awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So today we want to focus on uh, Pitch Lab, but before we do that, before we go deep into that, um, tell our audience how you got started in sales and how that led to Pitch Lab and how the comedy element rolls all into it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my uh, my experience is I'm a 20 year sales guy uh, and seven years as a, as a stand up comic. Uh, if you didn't know, Chad, um, I was one of the biggest names in Denver unpaid comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but seven years as a stand-up comedian, 20 years as sales. Um, and I always thought that the idea of an open mic, right, that, that comedians are always out there once, two, three times a night hitting these mics, whether there's an audience or not, to hone their skills, to practice their material, just to get up there and work that muscle was always so fascinating. But all throughout my sales career, um, every time you're pitching, it's like it's for stakes, 
and, and, you know, you're cutting your teeth on potential opportunities that you're missing out on. Uh, you combine that with Denver's got a fantastic entrepreneurial startup scene. There's a bunch of entrepreneurs that are learning how to pitch while being in front of investors. And that's not the right time. So I thought, hey, man, what if we could come up with some type of open mic for salespeople, for entrepreneurs to get better at their pitch? So when it came time to really shine, they were ready to go. Um, so that was the the beginning of it. It's evolved into more curriculum. It's evolved into a life of its own. Um, but but really, at the beginning was how do I differentiate myself as a consultant? How do I build my brand? And at the intersection of sales and comedy, uh, for me, really is Pitch Lab. Well, and as we were doing the the warm up, probably not the right word, but as we were talking before we hit record, you were telling me a story about how you got that first Pitch Lab. Booked. I would love if you would recount that for the audience because it's an excellent example of you've got an idea and sometimes just voicing it to the right people uh, all of a sudden kicks in a bunch of momentum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, even back to Seth Godin, that, that fuck it, ship it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Let's roll with it. So, uh, so, yeah, I was kicking around the idea saying, hey, you know, what would you think about uh, salespeople, uh, making pitches. And instead of, you know, shark tank where people were criticizing the content of the pitch, it was more stand-up comedians, improv coaches, storytellers, giving feedback on, on the techniques, on the public speaking and, and things like that and the presentation and performance. Uh, so I was at lunch with my friend RJ Owen, who, you know, as well, um, and talking about the idea. And he said, you know what, that's a fantastic idea. I think my friend at Galvanize would really like to do that. So I said, okay, cool. You know, thinking, Hey, he likes the idea. Let's see where it goes. By the time lunch was over, I drove home. He had already emailed Galvanize. Galvanize said, it sounds like a fantastic idea. And we had our pilot set for the end of last August, um, just like that. And I was like, Oh God, okay. I guess we got to, <laughs> We got we got to get this thing together. Oh shit, uh, it's that, real. <laughs> that's right, right. Setting that, setting that. But and again, a lot of the motivational guys out there talk about putting yourself into a situation, setting that deadline where you're ready or not, and then scrambling towards that, getting what 70, 80 percent done. Test, learn, iterate for there. So uh, I definitely owe RJ uh, a lot in in getting the ball rolling and that that ignition of Pitch Lab. And so when was that first one? When just from a timeline standpoint. Uh, when did August 31st of last year. Okay. So August, September, October. Yeah. So we're about 14 months old now. Okay. And how's it been going? Any surprises? Um, yeah, I, I would say. So when I started out, I thought it was going to be all about salespeople, right? And, and only salespeople would be through the door. And what I've learned is a lot of people want these presentation skills, um, outside of sales. And, and it's really turned into more of a, a client facing opportunity, whether you're a sales engineer, an evangelist, an account manager, a project manager, a tech guy that has to do sprint demos, or even executives that want to, you know, brush up on, on, on how to be more engaging in front of teams. So, so the fact that so many people have embraced it has been fantastic. Actually on that, let me, let me ask you, um, according to studies, the number one fear of the average American is public speaking. That, that's an actual statistic. The number one fear is public speaking. Do you know what number two is? Death. Uh, actually, it's Trump's next tweet. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
Um, no, it's, it, you're right. You're right. It's death. Um, so number one is public speaking. Number two is death. And Jerry Seinfeld's got an awesome joke. And he says, so if you're the average American and you go to a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than give the eulogy. Right. <laughs> so, so it, it really, I, I, and I'm not saying that we're, we're solving, we're solving the fear of public speaking, but I think that's what drives a lot of people is, you know, you get to a certain point in your career and you have to talk in front of people, whether it's four or five coworkers or, you know, you're in a sales pitch and the entire executive team shows up and you're in front of 10 or 12 people, um, that creates a, a bit of anxiety. And then the other stat that, that I've, I've learned along the way is um, in some cases, um, your nonverbal communication can make up to even 93 percent. Uh, of what you're communicating, right? So your voice, your body language is up to 93% of, of, of what you're totally communicating. And, and by example of that is, have you ever gotten in a, in, in a fight with your wife over text message because she couldn't understand? <laughs> or, or somebody apologizes to you and they don't really mean it because you could tell by their body language and their voice. It, it, it's those type of things. Um, and then the other thing is, I mean, you and your personal life, um, how many times have you bailed on, on buying a product or a service, or maybe you think back to the last car you bought because you didn't like the salesperson? Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Right. Or, or how many times have you been snookered into buying something? Cause you just like the guy or the gal and you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to buy. Like, <laughs> so it's buyer's remorse kicks in. You got it. You got it. But I, but I really believe, I mean, in, in some cases, if you're selling a super cool product and you're able to, you know, you got your right brand message, you got your right positioning, you're differentiated. Fantastic. You know, you don't need to worry about this. But even back when you and I worked in professional services, um, I truly believe the client facing team becomes the differentiator, you know, in, in, in professional services, oh, especially. Correct. I mean, they're buying the people and the expertise and the way they interact and connect with them. They're not necessarily buying the service. I mean, oh, shit, other people did the same thing we did, but it was the teams that you put in front of them and the way that they interacted and connected that made all the difference. You got it. You got it. So that was the, that was the impetus there. I, I hope I, I dire both directly and indirectly answered that question. <laughs> no, it, was, it was perfect. It's funny that you talk about public speaking. I was literally driving on my commute this morning, listening to and you and I were talking about him before we hit record Anthony and Arena's podcast in the arena. And he was talking to the guy, um, McGill is his last name, just released a book called psyched up. And he was talking about how, as he was researching the book, um, it seems like from what they've been able to uncover that the stage fright actually came from the genesis of it was once the stage got lit and the audience was in the dark, something happened to increase that anxiety to the point where it became that number one fear. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I stand in front of rooms all the time talking and, and I, every time, every damn time I get, you know, the butterflies kick in. Like I'm thinking to myself of all the other places I'd rather be than standing in front of that room. So that fear is, uh, is quite compelling. And so, you know, having something that helps people get over it and makes them feel more comfortable, I think it's an extremely powerful thing to bring to the market. That's awesome. Yeah. And same with me. I mean, I'm still doing pitch lab. We just did Denver startup week. It was a room of over 200. I knew the content. I knew what I was doing and I was just, I was freaking out, you know, you actually but, get nervous. Do you? Oh, yeah. Cause I mean, I've every seen time. you and you're every time, every time. but it, it goes away once I start. So what they say, and we talk about this in the pitch lab workshop, but it's not about killing the butterflies. It's about getting them to fly in formation. And so what that means is, <laughs> 
it, it's, it's for real. F- follow me here. It's, it's not about calming down. It's about reframing that anxiety as excitement. So basically what you're really trying to do is reframe it. Because what science shows us is whether you're anxious or excited, your body on a physical level is reacting very close to the same way. So if you repeat the mantra, I am excited, I am excited, you're reframing those feelings and then using that as positive energy on the stage. And then usually after the first minute or two, you get your first laugh, you get out there, you're doing a lot better. Uh, But I think it's a natural, basically a primitive instinct to feel that. It's just your job to reframe that and to say, this is excitement. This isn't nervousness. It doesn't always happen. I mean, I still get like, sometimes I'm like, man, I am really nervous about this. But over time, you're feeling that and you're using that energy, you know, to really bring a a great energy to the stage. And so out of the pitch labs that you guys have done, is there a team that was pitching or somebody that was pitching that you've heard that you were, is the most memorable for you? Oh, um, so let's go back to Denver startup week. Cause that's still fresh in my mind. From a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, on Wednesday night, we did this, uh, it, it was mostly a fun event. It, it was a little bit educational, but a lot of fun. Uh, and we called it the battle of the startups, entrepreneurs versus comedians. And so what we did is we had two of the best entrepreneurs in Denver go head to head against two of the funniest comedians in Denver. And I gave them each a funny pitch topic. So the pitch topics were things like, uh, so they had to pretend like they were entrepreneurs with this idea. And then I had a panel of comedians and improv coaches and storytellers that were actually judging. And so the ideas were like, uh, I had one guy do energy drinks for zoo animals. (laughs) So, so, so the problem was zoos are boring and attendance are down. So he invented an, an organic, all natural energy drink to hop up the animals to make zoos more exciting. Uh, we, did, uh, we did meat water, which was uh, industrial farming is killing the environment. So why don't, we, why don't we find a new way to get protein out of animals via osmosis? So they're soaking cows to get protein out of them and it's called a meat water. Anyway, so to answer your question directly, uh, Anthony Franco, I don't know if you know him, but old founder of EUI, Effective UI, yep. and he does MC Squares. Um, he did 3D cheese printers. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he destroyed. I've never seen somebody do I mean, he had 3D motion graphics in his presentation. <laughs> he had CAD models. He brought a he brought a uh, uh, a prototype. He put on a, a lab coat. He had the emotion. He had the stuff. I mean, he destroyed it. And uh, the entrepreneurs actually, yeah, they actually beat the comedians in that. But what I like about bringing those fake pitches and having people do that is when you get the, you know, uh, you get that shark tank out of there. Well, I don't believe that that's the market cap or I don't believe that's the right strategy. When you do a lighter, sillier pitch, you could focus on technique, right? You could focus on the delivery, the room command, the storytelling, and then be able to bring those skills into, into, you know, the true work that you do. So it was, it was fun. It was entertaining, but it was also, I think, real useful to be able to, you know, we talked about right before the show, getting your own head out of it to be able to focus on and, and would you say, get the weed whacker out and raise yeah. your head a little bit more. <laughs> uh, so it's a real powerful tool to be able to do those funny pitches. And what's the feedback been from attendees that have, have, uh, you know, come to the events? What, and what are they hoping to get out of it when they get there? Yeah. Um, so I would say most people are, 
are curious, right? They, they, number one, they want to pull back the curtain on the world of stand-up comedy and improv comedy and figure out what these folks are doing that's on stage that's so fantastic, that makes them seem so effortless. And then the other thing is they're looking for that, that actionable, actionable takeaway to be able to bring to work the next day. Um, so we run through, I would say, basically seven different modules, seven different techniques from how to, how to deal with those butterflies um, to uh, room command, meaning breaking the fourth wall. Are you familiar with that term, breaking the fourth wall? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so things like you know, never ignore interruptions. If you're present in the room, if you see it, see it you feel it, your audience feels it, you got to call it. Um, um, things even like you know, your stage presence – uh, never stand behind a podium, right? Get out behind the podium. Your audience needs to see you, to trust you. These are little things. And in sales pitches, I see so many sales guys sitting behind a laptop where their laptop is up, right? And it's like a game of battleship. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate you might need to pitch with that laptop, but position it so that energy, right? It's all this nonverbal communication. Um, the other thing is a lot of people come and they say, I have problems with, I, I talk too fast. People tell me I'm talking too fast or, um, I do too many ums and ahs or, Hey, I want to tell more stories. What are the best practices for storytelling? Um, you know, or if it's a bigger stage, they say, um, how do I, wh- where do I stand? Do I pace? Do I not pace? Do I stand still? What do I do? I mean, I think there's just really a need for these basic techniques to give people some tools so that, so they can have that and then be able to not think about it after they have the tools and then really focus on connecting and being authentic and, you know, work in the room and selling. But, um, I think when you, when you get on stage there for lack of a better word to get in that spotlight, um, your brain, if you're, if you're processing too many things and running cycles on too many things, it's, it's really taking away from, from what that message is and moving the ball forward in that, you know, in the sales process. Excellent. So are there other people involved in Pitch Lab? Any partners or individuals you'd like to highlight? Yeah, we talked about RJ, RJ Owen, um, Christian Whitney. Uh, he's a local guy here. He's our creative director. He's the guy that built our brand and all our assets. And he made us, you know, look pro from day one. Uh, Tommy Y is one of our stand-up comedy coaches. David Soto helps us with uh, digital marketing. And then we got a bunch of uh, panelists, right? Folks that that help give actionable feedback. Heidi McGuire here in town. Joel Lutz is, does our improv. Tim Schisler, who I'm doing a, a workshop with. He's a major storyteller. And then a ton of great comedians. Our next uh, our next Pitch Lab next week uh, is starring Ben Kronberg. Um, and I don't know if you know Ben, but I he's do. been on yeah, Comedy <laughs> Central and Last Comic Standing. So, you know, to be able to bring that level of fame into a workshop. I'm really happy about that. And then other local guys, JD Lopez, Daniel Reskin, all of a sudden this is turning into an Academy award. <laughs> Hold on, let me get my paper. So I don't forget anybody. No. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's not, it's a team effort. You know, it, it's absolutely a team effort to do this. And, you know, I can bring a lot of value, but these guys are all bringing great perspectives to, to help give the feedback to the, you know, the local professionals here. So I'm real grateful for those guys. Excellent. Jay, if, if a listener's interested in finding out more about Pitch Lab or uh, connecting with you, what are the best ways to do that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pitchlab.io. Pitchlab.io. It's got uh, our blog on there, some past events, some of the great work we've done uh, with local agencies, uh, AmeriCorps. We did an awesome improv comedy workshop. Uh, and then if you want to contact me right through, sign up for the email, contact me through the website. It's all there. Pitchlab.io.
Excellent. I can't thank you enough for your time today, Jay. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks for having me, Chad. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode. Please check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with your friends, families, coworkers. If you like what you hear, do us a favor, drop us a review on iTunes. We do actually look at those to determine who to bring on so that you'll keep listening. Until next time, we at Value Prime Solutions wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.